I felt like I wasn't invincible. I felt like the game was taken away from me for a reason. You know, obviously I didn't appreciate it enough. And I wasn't thankful enough. So um, I had made a promise to myself that like when I get when I get both my legs back, I'm I'm gonna grind this one out. I ain't I ain't playing around. So uh, I got I got my ankle back. My ankle got back right. I played my next year, and I end up uh, Penn State. I end up lacerating my kidney in the game. Sat down a couple more games. So uh, it was definitely a mind thing because in college you kind of by yourself, you know, you, you mm-hmm. got away from your parents, you know what I'm saying? Yep. by yourself and you kind of like learning how to be a man. And I feel like I grew into who I needed to be, you know, in those moments when I was by myself, like mentally strong, mentally tough. Um, I was trying to come back. Like I was trying to come back after three games after my lacerated kidney and my coach was like, nah, 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 we just gonna, we just gonna sit you out and worried about your safety. Da-da-da-da. I kind of think he wanted me to stay in school another year. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm a um, I'm a play in a bowl game, so we I had my mindset on the bowl game. I played in the bowl game against Stanford. We got the got the shit beat out of us. <laughs> <laughs> plan B, Plan B didn't go too bad that day. Uh, I told myself like I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I it twice. And then I was like, all right, now we not we ain't winning no championships. We ain't competing for no championships. So I'm uh-huh. a, I'm a, uh, I'm gonna try to take my talents and go to the next level. And as I was coming out. Um, I played predominantly slot. I didn't play any outside. So he had me in a slot majority working in. I felt like I was going out to be a slot return guy. And I was like, shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it any by any means. I don't care how yeah. I get it. Yeah. So throughout my process of the combine, I got invited to the combine, luckily. And I was just like, well, I'm I'm gonna give it everything I got. Uh, I was training every, every day, trying to run a good time. You know how it is. You know how the combine can be stressful for guys, especially mm-hmm. when they're telling you you can go from damn near two to the to seven you know you yeah know. Oh, yeah so uh for me i was just like shit i'm rocking i'm betting on myself i wasn't going back to school i was saying i'm gonna bet on myself and we'll let the chips hey, fall man, i gotta check i know we that game when y'all came to new england it was in october mm-hmm. that was my rookie year i caught my first pick that carry collins was our quarterback and yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, it was yeah, yeah. it was a flash snowstorm out of nowhere i'm talking about it was supposed to be probably 40 degrees it just started coming down i, I see y'all over there pre-gas oh yeah these boys ain't ready to play what what, what was that yeah, you I, I was ready to go. Oh, yeah, yeah when y'all playing in, in the snow oh, oh that shit was yeah. ugly it was ugly man we're ready to go home man <laughs> what, i was about to say what, what was y'all mindset when y'all see that snow start coming down Man, it was crazy because like we never played in nothing like that, never tried to catch the ball in nothing like that. And I'm from Florida, so cold period I ain't with it. I'm not with it. So then when we get out there, and it's like, damn, we get out there and just see how y'all ain't even tripping about it. We like this yeah. out here like a regular sunny day. I'm like, boy, it's gonna be a long day. Then when I it's see Randy eighty yard bombs down the field, I'm like, what? We can't yeah. even catch the ball. <laughs> like, I, what's I going remember that. Yeah, yeah, I was looking. You know, you could just look. You could just see in the team eyes, like, oh no, nah, they weren't ready for this. Yeah, he and, ready and to go it, home. Ready because in New England, it, it could no. be nice outside one hour, and the next hour it's snowing and sleet and some shit. So it for us, it was like shit. Whatever. And you see, Brady, I Brady, huh? Oh, we practicing whatever. You know, it, but Bill, come <laughs> out there. Hey, we, we got a plan. You go out, you out there slipping and shit. He ain't trying to hit none of that. Hey, get you some shoes that work. He don't care yeah. about none of that. So, but it's good though, because when you when you practice yeah. like that, when you prepare like that, whatever thrown at your own game that you like, shit, we done practicing words. Uh, so so shit, we we ain't we ain't mind it. We ain't mind, especially when you got when you got a situation like that when another team coming from another environment 
It may be warm yeah. where they at. They grew up in this cold. But we used to we used to run to that same situation though. We go to Miami in December. You know, it yeah. have been cold for the last two, three months. We go down to Miami week 15. It's 85 degrees out there. That, that that's yeah. what we always struggle. So I mean it worked, it worked. Uh, okay. 305 uh, represent. What was your most memorable rookie moment? Shit, I could probably answer this one. Uh Minnesota, two touchdowns. <laughs> that was that was crazy. Yeah. That, um, that's what 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 like what was that like? And I know that had to feel like because I the only moment I ever had like that was in high school, back to back plays I scored. Yeah, touchdowns on the same play, but like for you to do that, that was in like a what 26 30 second span. Like, I don't think I ever seen nothing like that in the NFL. Like, what was that? What was that moment like? That felt like surreal. Like, what was that like? Yeah, so after after my first touchdown, I dunked the ball. I don't know, you saw mm -hmm. I dunked the ball, yep. and when I got to the sideline, Coach Rule, he was like, You can't dunk the ball, <laughs> a flag, or like you're gonna get fined or something. All my teammates telling me I'm gonna get fined. Um, so really, he said to me, he was like, you dunk it again. Like you next week, we had to buy. He's like, you dunk it again. Like you're going to have to work on the bye week next week. <laughs> I was like, what? Dunk it again. So as soon as he said again, I was like, again, like I'm going to be in the end zone again. All right. Mm -hmm. So then like the next play, yeah, I saw opportunity like Davin was, he was held up on my teammates. So I was like, I just went in there and just took it. I got the perfect mm -hmm. bounce. The ball bounced right up in my arm. So I was like, man, I'm out. Like I just took it and ran. So it was crazy. Like I, I can't even on the sideline after the first one, everybody's like all, all the defensive coaches like, all right, next play. Um, all right, forget about the next play. You know, how, you know, you know how coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this I, after the second one? That was after the first one. They were like next oh, okay, play. okay. So um I I score the I score the next play. Um, you know, as for the back to back. I come back, I'm still like, all right, next play. Like, I'm trying to get a three P at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And yeah. that zone at that moment, shoot, too, man, too, I was, I was too tough. Zone, like, I don't even know how I tapped in. Being a kid, man, having to make those decisions and mm -hmm. um, having to make those decisions, you know, based off of, you know, what you what you think is right, where you want to go, where you want to be, and, you know, the position that your family's in at the time. You know, when I, when I got to Michigan, and like my first, my, it was my first game of the year. And it, it, it never really crossed my mind. It did. And I was like, yo, I'm like, yo, my mom would never be able to see me play because of how far I am. You know, my, you know, I picked up the phone. And I'm like, yo, you know, I'm just going to go pro. And my mom was like, baby, you, you don't got to do this for me. I'm going to be all right. I'm like, no, it, it's the right thing to do. My, my mom and my brothers had already got evicted out of what they mm -hmm. were doing that. So my mom was living with my grandma in Pecan Gardens. And like my mom did, you know, she was living with her mom, you know what I mean? And, you know, in a bad situation. So that's why I left, you know, nothing more, nothing less. I would have liked to stay, but you know, you know, a kid is having a dream to get to the NFL. And like you yeah. see the door, you can see the door right there. Yeah, right like, there, yeah. I'm like, do I want to be selfish enough? Do I, do I want to be selfish enough to, to do all these great things and, you know, that I want to accomplish Rose Bowl and all that, or, you know, or do I risk it by going out and getting injured? I'm already a top 10 pick. So mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? And, you know, I just made the decision picked off of, you know, how my mom and her situation was and it, it, it was crazy. And you opening up some wounds. Everybody's going to have their own unique, uh, 
experience, you know, as, as professional athletes, especially football players. So to have that, that's priceless, man. So you know, man. You know, because what reminded me, go ahead, Avi. Nah, because I was saying, like, as athletes, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. Mm-hmm. But shit, your support system don't either. So it's right. like they like, you know, mom and dad is like, well, damn, like, how can I help them? You know what I mean? So all they can do is just stand firm on, you know, what they've been, you know, instilling in you your whole your entire life. So yeah. it's it's not only hard on the athletes themselves or, or, or herself, but their family and support system system as well. For sure. Um, I, I was gonna say. And you hit it on the you hit it on the head. I was gonna say. I mean, you hear you you everybody probably heard like the Nipsey uh, quote when he's saying basically like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I just you know what I'm saying I knew it all the whole time or if I had all all the things you know what I'm saying aligned the right way he just didn't quit basically you know what I'm saying yeah. and what I what I've learned throughout my journey whether it's been in life or in sports is that you never know who your inspiration to. Like your story is always inspiring somebody else. So you quitting is also going, you know what I'm saying, affect somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Of course you looking at it like it's you going through it, but it's somebody always watching. So even you just, you know what I mean? All right, boom, it's it's a tough one. You picking your head up and just continue to keep trucking on through, that's inspiration for somebody else. And Everybody life mission. Of course, everybody want to be the greatest in everything they ever do. Everybody want to be successful. But some people mission in in life is to inspire others. And you know what I'm saying? Your story is gonna mean a lot to other people that's watching. So man, I would say anybody to get a chance to watch this. If anything, if you learn from my story, just remember, man, just continue to keep keep pushing. Like everything ain't gonna be high, everything gonna be low. But at the end of the day, if the opportunity is still in front of you, continue to keep pushing forward. As you say, what you say, keep striving. Keep striving, baby. Yeah. That's a word, At man. Jack yeah. underscore N. Which wide receiver talks the most shit? Um, I feel like I feel like receivers don't really talk to me that much though, because I only when I'm playing, I ain't really saying much to you. And if you saying yeah. something, I'm talking to you. I feel like it was DeAndre Hawkins. He was the, who I played this year that was talking the most shit though. Yeah. yeah, hop, 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 definitely be out there rapping. <laughs> I, I respect this game though. Hop, when he was in Houston, we played against him a lot, obviously in the same division. But um, every every week he was out there every down. You know what? No tapping out, what no subbing out. He out there every down. You hit him, he getting back up. You gonna chirp a little bit. But yeah, I, I agree with that. wasn't what? And I ain't too many receivers who talk like Ocho. Ocho, yeah. Ocho. I, I, I wish you have came across him and his oh, heyday, boy. Ocho, Steve Smith. I seen Steve, Steve Smith talk bad to some boys, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, hold, like hold on, Slum. You ain't going to talk hey, to my guy like yeah. that. My rookie year, um, we played against uh, Steve Smith. And, you know, in that meeting, I, I wasn't playing. I was um, injured. So, yeah. that, they was like, man, don't try to talk. Don't talk. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Really like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was like that. Like that. like that. Yeah, he was go. He was go back it up though. He was go back it up, but he played. You know, obviously he was small. I feel like Smitty had a little bit of little man syndrome. Little man syndrome. Nah, not a little bit. He had a lot of that. <laughs> but he played. He, play, he played like he was six five two fifty. I remember nah, for sure. Fact, we played against um Pat Peterson. His before his first game of his rookie year, that boy got up in the team meet Saturday night. Hey. Man, I'm about to go out here and baptize this boy, man. He put out there had about two hundred. 
Pat P ran, he ran one back 96 on us though to win the game though. So he got his get back. Yeah, yeah. I see I seen him talk crazy. So one of my teammates, uh <laughs> I ain't gonna call his name out, but shit, we playing and uh Steve Smith caught the route. It was like a crossing route. He running out, he turned it up on the sideline. Um, buddy came and tried to hit him on the sideline, and Steve Smith ain't moved, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he threw the ball at the ref, looked at my looked at my man, was like, little boy. He's like, go get your daddy's big boys out. I'm like, hold on, Slim. I'm like, we ain't, we ain't calling nobody no little boys out here. But um, hey, Smitty was like, different, boy. Uh, funny yeah. one. K- KVRP23. This is a question I've seen multiple times. <laughs> Why did you never talk to Pat McAfee? <laughs> hey, man. It's this stigma out there, right? <laughs> it's this stigma. I don't know where the stigma comes from, right? All right, so... <laughs> Back when, when we was playing, okay, and I, I talked to Pat. When I see Pat, I, I, we talked. You know, last time we was at the at the uh, at the um, the draft, we talked. We actually took a mm-hmm. picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't got nothing against Pat. Everybody think I hate Pat, right? Like <laughs> I don't have nothing against Pat at all, man. You know what I'm saying? So like, I guess it was I guess it was kind of my fault. I guess because. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Saturday and Tariq Glenn, all my teammates would be like, hey, man, like, Pat's scared to talk to you, man. Why? What you do to Pat? <laughs> like, I, I like my, I ain't even talk to Pat. I don't even, I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. So it, it just kept going on. Like, man, what you do to Pat, man? Pat talking about he don't even want to walk over there by your locker. Like, what the problem is? I'm like, bro, I don't know. So I say, you know what? I'm gonna keep that shit going, right? <laughs> <laughs> so every time I, you know, every time Pat would come around, I just mean mug, you know. I just, I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just mean mug, and then I guess it's just been going on and on and on. But I ain't got any. Got Life is old. Yeah, you know what I mean. Pat was good, man. You know, yeah. he was a real good punter, great punter, man. He did his job. He did what he had to do. As long as he had, he did what he had to do. I had no problem with it. You know what I mean? But no, and I see Pat. I talk to Pat. You know, yeah, man. Shout out, uh, shout out to Pat, man. Shout Pat out to Mac. Pat. He helped Pat us Mac. get this day kicked he off, def- man. He definitely did. He yeah, definitely very did. Dead. Yeah. Very and then, if we're gonna really talk about the issues, let's look at Ohio State. You cover college ball. You know that's not the cleanest program. It hasn't been when he was there. Then he went to the Washington organization, which we know was right now, even with their owner. So he's been around these rocky cultures his whole career. And, yeah, he made some very stupid decisions in the middle of a pandemic. But to not only do that and, you know, what, how you feel about him, that's how you feel about him. I respect that. But when you cast that general net, um, that's when it was like, damn, Burger, like I feel what you're trying to say, but, nah, you, you, you lost me with that. And, um, and I know you, you try to make it personal, and, and that's important. I think it's, it's even more important for us to, to show these dudes, to tell these dudes, because a lot of this is like we don't know what we don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? A lot, a lot of us, and it's like not only on the football side of it. That's important, but it is important to build your brand alongside that. Now, understand football is the reason you had this platform, but that brand should serve you a lot longer than this game will. And like you leverage your relationship, you leverage your network into you know where you are today. And it's not a lot of us, but everybody in Booger McFarland, everybody ain't you know everybody can't do that, can't do it the way you did it. But it's a lot of things that we can teach these cats off the field. That's gonna set him up for success later. So I feel like that we just—I I just hate when we going back and forth this type of way. And it's like, man, we need to be on the same page, telling these dudes the same 
you know, really some real game as opposed to, you know, making it harder, for, making it easier for people to jump on that. Oh, yeah, they lazy. They do this because now I'm with Justin Fields coming out in the draft. Now they're going to be, oh, what's up? What, right. see another Dwayne Haskins, you know. So, um, you know, that's where I kind of got my feelings about it, I guess. To your point, Twan, and, I, and I, I'm going to give it to you right now, Twan, but let me say this. Um, you know, when you look at it overall, as far as building the brand, and, 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 and I think this is where we disagree a little bit, and, and, and we can agree to disagree. Um, yeah. I built the foundation first. So my rookie, mm-hmm. rookie year, second year, even though social media wasn't prevalent, I wasn't doing a bunch of off the field things because I knew I needed to establish my career. So Man, when did you yeah. when did you make that um that move from corner uh to safety? Uh it wasn't until I got drafted. Oh, so you In played corner. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the, we experimented, I, well, we experimented with it um against West Virginia. So matter of fact, hold on. So West Virginia. Now nah, we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> just real quick, real quick. This, this, this is a group, this is a group effort, guys. This is a group effort. We keep it a buck on here. All right. We talk about what AD get ran over and shit sometimes. We talk about all type of shit. This West Virginia game put my dog at uh safety. Mind you. So who who was who who West Virginia had at that time? Bruh. Everybody. You name them, they was there at Pat These, White, Steve Slayton. Uh, they, they are one of the most slept on teams of all time. Uh, was Tavon Austin out there? Nah, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet? Nah. He was the first Tavon Austin. Facts. Facts. So they had Noel Vine. They had Jock Sanders, which is another dude. They had um Darius Raynaugh. Who went okay. to the play, he play to, in the he league? Yeah, he, he was, was a returner. Nice. Yeah, he was and nice. The, but, but really, all they needed was number five and number ten. Pat White, Steve Slate. That that, mm-hmm. shit, that was the only game in my life, in my professional. Not even twenty four hour fitness anywhere I've ever competed. Where I was like, bro, <laughs> I don't want to play no more. <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to play got, no more. They got ugly. They got ugly. They was running that zone reason. Yeah. Me and D busting on the bench on the sideline. He looked at me. I looked at him. I was like, bro. <laughs> This is ugly, bro. <laughs> but they had like 500 yards rushing on or something crazy. But and mind you, we the we the two teams in the Big East that's fighting for the Big East championship. We right. fight for it. We fight so, for it. And it. I think we might have been both undefeated at the time too. Yeah, we went on to um. When did we what did we do that? We we did we coach champs or something yeah, we, like that? We yeah, coach champs. Yep. We were the coach champ, but they went on and they got the BCS bid and they went and beat. Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So okay. I was I was I was happy to see that made, made me feel a little yeah. bit better about that. Yeah. But uh in the game, and, you know right. in, in the WNBA game, um, you know, for Bree Stewart, Maya, Tina Charles, you know, just all up and down every roster, yeah. every draft. Um, so how was that transition? Like now you go from UConn and, and I feel like uh in the women's game in college, like once y'all go to the pros, like y'all seeing a bunch of each other again, like you know, yeah. it's the top top dogs. How was that transition to the league? Uh, it was actually really good, and you kind of mm-hmm. hit on it for me. It wasn't as scary going to the WBA knowing that, well, some of my friends are already there. You know, like mm-hmm. it was kind of like, all right, I've been, and I watched it too. And I, I think a lot of young kids don't watch the WNBA, which I think is like mind blowing. Well, I was studying the WNBA, like, because that's where I was about to be in my mind. So I was watching the players, I was watching the ones I knew, the ones I didn't know. And so when I got there, I felt like I knew a lot of the players before I even did. I mean, a lot of mm. players could even contest this. I would talk to people like I'm I'm friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would talk to people like I knew them, but I forget that they didn't know me like that. So I just came in and I was just like 
showing respect though to me like i was like yo you killed it last year in the semifinal like just talking to people yeah um and i think that made me more comfortable because i was i knew the game and i knew what the WNBA looked like um and then not to mention you know i played on teams where i played with maya i played with tt tina charles i -hmm. played with birdie you know i played with a lot i played with kalena green asia jones i played with a lot of uconn players basically because there's a lot of us in the league and so yeah, so it was kind of like, shoot, at, at the Connecticut Sun, it was like UConn on steroids in a sense of we just didn't have school. Now it was just our job. We had like four UConn players on the squad. It was it was lit, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I got a question for you. It's always been crazy to me when you watch the WNBA after y'all season is over, you see some of y'all top players going overseas yeah. and doubling up. Like, like, what is that about? That's That's no. always been wild to me doubling up there's players man like quadrupling up overseas overseas is where i mean overseas is what paid for my house if we're being honest overseas paid for me to gift my parents a mercedes like overseas paid for that and the reason i say that is because overseas you make obviously you make more than you make in the WNBA, a lot more but also you don't get taxed the same in a sense of the overseas people pay the taxes. So there's just like most of the money is actually going to you. To you. And so, man, I remember, I'll never forget. I was grinding in Russia for a house down payment. Like I was making yeah. stacks a month and I'm like, all right, by this month I can pay for a down payment on my house. And, and I just remember that grind, but that's why I wouldn't change it because the lifestyle that I'm living right now, obviously the WNBA had a part of that too, but mm-hmm. overseas money really paid for for a lot of the things that I'm enjoying now. And they got, I mean, it's, it's definitely a grind. And, and but oh. you, I'm sure that experience. I don't know I if people it. know, but I was like that house that I was so excited to get. Like I got mm-hmm. it probably ten years ago. Um, but I at the time I was probably in my house two weeks out of the year, and that's like that's like if it was a wow. good year. That's, that's like it was an amazing year and i had two weeks at my own house um that's crazy other than that, i was at my WNBA team location um or i was overseas so yeah it was, it's, a, it's a tough it's a grind like that's what i said it's a grind for real i know just forget physically i know mentally it was it was rough that's taxing yeah, yeah. you gotta remember i would go we won a championship with the minnesota Lynx, and eight days later i had to report in france so it was like, I had to decide, do I want to go to the championship parade or do I want to just go home and get a couple days to myself? Um, I ended up doing the parade, going to the governor's mansion and all of that. So then I only had three days like to myself um, before I went overseas to France. So yeah, it's, it's just tough because you come off of the whole season mm-hmm. and just mentally where you're grinding for a championship and then you just got to start back over in like a week and just start from training camp, square run one and that's that's the hardest part to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, hey, hey, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I already know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Back Absolutely. Then, the he, had, he was playing. His name is Alan Fanica, bro. Ooh. Alan Fanica. He just went to the hall, right? Just went to the hall, yeah. and I never forget it, bro. It was it was you know we were in the red zone. I got my number called the blitz up the like A or B gap or the A gap and. You know, it's like third down. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I finally get my shot to show what I can do, blitzing. And, you know, now that I know, well, I didn't know at the time. So basically, Allen, you know, you help the, the tackle, right? You block out the help the tackle because you have no one threatened. You yeah, block the tackle. And I see the hole just open up like the Red Sea. 
<laughs> if you if I if I could touch my fingers, I'm licking my 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 lips trying to get through. The, I'm like, this shit is opening up. I'm about to save the day. And lo and behold, he peeled back. Bow. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I lifted. They had to come get me. They had to come get me. Ooh. They scored. Chad Johnson scored. But I'll never forget going back and watching that. And the coach was like, yeah, I told your ass. Like, <laughs> these linemen, they're, they're smart. They don't just do things just to yeah. do it. Especially yeah. this guy, Alan Fanica. You, you know, know for a reason. And that's when I I started thinking about the league a lot differently. I was like, oh, shit, I got to manipulate these guys. Yeah. Show them yeah. something. Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. So and that was that was my welcome to the NFL moment, bro. It it, it 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 crushed me. It crushed me. They never they never called my number that that rest of the year. Doing that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that but that's real though, because I I had that happen. To, I've had that happen to me too, man. Like whole open up, you think you running free yeah. the whole time. All they doing is helping, but they at the they eyes is on you. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and your yeah. riff game is. You zeroed in on the quarterback. You see that quarterback? Yeah. Yep. They had to come get me. Come get him. Yeah. Them, them, them times where you sitting at lunch and you sit down with the old lineman or the quarterback and be like, right. just start, start asking them questions. Like, man, look. A lot of people. A lot of people coming into the season were saying Kyler Murray potentially another cat with a crazy high school resume. But um, you know, he obviously I'm gonna say it if you want best quarterback. You know, I've seen in Arizona. How was that going up against a, a cat like that and that type of offense every day? And then usually on Sundays seeing different offenses. How how was that? Yeah, I mean, it, and during camp, if you you're only going against your offense, so yep. you know they're a heavy eleven personnel team, like to throw the ball. So we were just getting ready for our track shoes and stuff. <laughs> like yeah, uh, getting ready to to break on you know break on routes sometimes yep. too. So uh, it was definitely. You know, it's definitely different for sure going into mm -hmm. the season and playing, you know, especially if 49ers, a 21 personnel team. Yeah. Who, you you know, don't see that a lot. Exactly. Exactly. But you don't see a lot anyway. They see him, he's seeing both extremes. You're seeing yeah, one, yeah. one <laughs> offense in practice all training camp, yeah. and now you're going to the complete opposite extreme with uh, San Fred. That's yeah, crazy. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but definitely going against our offenses, we have a lot of great receivers and. Um, you know, going against our receivers every day and off on, uh, on our team definitely helps me go against receivers on opposing teams as well. Because yeah. you know, you know, there's a lot of great receivers out in the league, but our our receivers are really good too. So it's definitely um, good for good for me too. Because I'm a safety, but I like to label myself as being able to cover whoever, whoever, whatever, yeah. on, mm -hmm. on whatever side of the field. The more you can do. Yeah, that's what the game has come down to, man. Good players in space, man. You got to be able to play in that box, but you definitely got to be able to play um, in space. So going against offense, going to Torn, you went through a lot of your career having Peyton on the other side in practice. I had Brady, Cam Newton, and Luck. Mm -hmm. So um, going against them, the talent and talented quarterbacks and the minds and athleticism, it definitely helps you going out there on Sunday because it's like, man, I done seen Kyler, Kyler all training camp. Like, I know I'm not going to see that type of talent every week going out yeah. there. So that's going to oh, pay dividends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, one thing I do want to talk about is K1 speed because that man is fast. It's crazy. People, hey, people might he, think he has short strides, but he's getting out of there. Hey, 
he eat angles up. I seen uh, <laughs> he, he eat angles up when he broke that touchdown. What he had when he put that foot in the ground at oh, the end, man. it just bounced. Like everybody know when they see a dude do that. Like okay, that's different. Like they got a different gear. There ain't too many cats can just put that foot in the ground and just know because you look back like yeah, this over with. Like yeah. that, you don't, you don't see that, especially now the quarterback position. But talk about yeah, those that, first that, few years. Um, like you said, when you was a core special teamer, like what did that do? Um, for you as a player, and f- even for you as a as a as a human being, because sometimes that could be like a, a real humbling experience. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was very humbling because you always think to yourself, "You're greater than what you are," but you are what you put on film, and yep. a whole lot of growth that needed to happen for in order for me to assume that role as a starter, and especially being an undersized guy. So you have to prove you have to do twice as much to get half as far. Being a, a core teamer, you're gonna get they're gonna get all of that work about you. <laughs> yeah. A guy he kind of, he labeled me as a as a uh, uh what they call him what they call them guys you you bring him in for camp and then cut him a camp body camp, camp legs camp body yeah they called me a camp body like my rookie year coming in because you know naturally all these defensive end are like six. Except the white, you know, he's first round pick. These guys are six five or better, the, the classic prototypical DNs. And so, I had to say, okay, so what is a camp body? Well, basically, he said, and this not John Turley. He was like, no, you're gonna make the team. Somebody you bring in to give the other the, the, the actual guys rest until the season. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of took that and just kind of packaged that in, into another chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Use it to benefit whatever I needed to, to benefit. But it taught me to, all right, extra work. No excuses, no explanations. And that's a dungeon-ism. That's a dungeon-ism. Yeah. And I, and I use that in life now. Like Man, to- what? Twan used that on the uh, last episode. Hey, all the time. I'm all talking about time. my heat, man. Yeah, man, we got this guy. No excuses, no explanation no so. at all. At None all. of that. So, at all. So I use that to this date and uh, just kind of use that to get through those those first few years. And and I, my thing was just let me learn this playbook. I can I, now I can just play as fast as I as I as I want to. So really, once you eliminate excuses and uh. Any possibility of it, it you can just turn it to the Some player. Comments, uh, made the other day, Danny Amendola, your former teammate, about the Patriot way. He was saying, you know, it's it's Tom Brady, and that's the Patriot way. Um, I responded to it and named a bunch of guys. You were definitely one of them. Uh, what what in your idea is, I guess, to the summation of the quote unquote Patriot way? Your culture is not something you are; something you do year in and mm-hmm. year. Out, what you do, and to me, the Patriot way started back when those guys didn't know that they was even developing a Patriot way. The Teddy Brewskis, the Ty Laws, the Vince Wolfers, the Lloyd Malloys, the Willie McGinnises, mm-hmm. like all of those guys, the Matt Lights and all those guys, like they started to do something because they just thought like, hey, this is how we can win. And I think when you play up here for a while, you meet those guys. I've, I've sat and talked to Jermaine Wiggins, a guy that didn't have a lot of big games, but like when they played Oakland and the snow was coming down and they needed somebody to step up, he had like, I think eight catches in the game and ended up becoming an X factor. Like all of those guys are the Patriot way and the the common guys in all of these years, Tom and Bill, those Mm -hmm. four. And and to me, it's like, when you talk about the Patriot way, it's everybody. It's all of it. It's the players, it's the coaches, 
And who's the leader of that as from the player standpoint? It's Tom. Like for some reason, when you break all those guys down, Tom is just different. And it's mm-hmm. totally different. Six Super Bowl wins, 10 appearances. You know, you have all that, nine of those appearances in New England, six of the wins. In New- so you're like, well, what is the difference? And I think the Patriot way is the difference. The other guys doing the things that the team believes in. And I think when you talk about that, like why do the other guys do that? Because the head coach. Like he did yeah. that. And if you don't do it, you've seen it. Everybody's seen it. Guys that come in and out of that place. And I don't care if you are a first round pick, if you're one of the most highly touted free agents in NFL history, like right. if it can work out, he gets rid of you. And I think that's a part of that Patriot way in that culture. Mm-hmm. So I definitely don't think it's, you know, Tom Brady's picture in a dictionary, except if you want to put his picture and say it represents, you know, I definitely would agree. And then we talk about, okay, if you get your first contract, you can spend this much money and you can put this much away. And we're going to be very conservative with this. Uh, Stay away from any investment that someone asks you that you think they need your money for. Right. You know, try to do only investments that they're helping you to make you money. Rather that than, makes sense. you know, like the restaurant is the easiest can, the easiest thing. I mean, 90% of restaurants fail. So mm-hmm. if someone's asking you to put up money and you have your big name, you know, you're, 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 you're a big name guy in, in the town you're in and you shouldn't have to put anything up. If you want to be on the face of that restaurant, fine. That's right. your own thing. But you shouldn't give anyone money for a restaurant. You shouldn't give anyone money for an investment like that. It should be only to help yourself you know dick sporting goods and somewhere and i see you i see your face up there and i'm like yeah i do it i do it shit first but i first heard of them boys out of, out of saint thomas starting that shit so that's that's obviously a long road and like you said everybody mm. sees the, the hollywood from college and then straight to the first round league so now, now that you got yeah. posters and commercials and i see mm. after nfl games and stuff you see gold <laughs> global in, in the in the credits yeah. and shit so Tell, t- talk a little bit about that about that path because like you said you, you connected with a lot of people who you know like you said not playing football anymore and that yeah. that was your goal but you changed you know changed and built the empire so tell me a little bit right. about that um when i go to australia a person who really um got my mindset to group training um and building um an empire was a dude named roger fabry uh mm-hmm. connected through social media uh i'm fre- the same year um, I didn't hear my name called um, for the NFL draft. Was the same year I was in Australia. Um, Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark was the first one to put money in my pocket in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was flying me to Baton Rouge uh, to train Jordan Clark right now, who plays for Arizona State, the starting cornerback number one. Yeah, and I was training him when he was in high school, and just getting that mentorship. Uh, I kind of give you a, a an example of of things that made me see the light. Uh, he was taking me to Canes, one of the uh, first Canes uh, in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And as we as we driving, um, I look up and I, I, I see him on the billboard, right? What's the timing of that? You know what I'm saying? That's how I know yeah. God is real, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I like look over to the side. I'm like, man, that's dope, man. He was like, it could be too, you know? So like being able to, to be around him, I got to see someone who was retired from the NFL um that was a great father uh mm-hmm. and this was before he even started pushing so deep into the espn analyst i got to see yeah. him come up too you know at the mm-hmm. same process of a new job right? yeah so i knew yeah, ryan clark world. as a pittsburgh stiller 
you know, but Ryan Clark was just now building his new football life. You know, mm-hmm. skateboarders, like, dude, we didn't make that much money. Like, we didn't make millions. So mm-hmm. we're, I guess, and I'm kind of guessing here, but in the football world, we'd probably be like some of the guys that don't play that much that might make, I don't know what, 100 to 300 grand a year or something like that. Do those guys exist yeah. in football? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I've seen the minimum, yeah, the minimum is around like 500 grand, like, you know, okay. two, two, three, okay, so, after taxes. Okay, so check it out. Your guy's minimum is higher than the majority of pro skateboarders. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to really be disciplined with how we get our money to work. But what I learned was I always had this idea that you can only achieve financial freedom if you're rich, like rich, rich Mm -hmm. is the only way to do it. And through my experience, it's not true. It's all about consistency. And it doesn't matter if you're making a hundred grand a year or four million dollars a year. A lot of times the guys making four million dollars a year struggle more. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And that's because it's all behavioral at the end of the day. And then it's, it's it's all about um the long game. So that yeah. that that's that's what a lot of us, especially as athletes, uh, yeah. we're so short short term focus. You know, our goals are usually short term. It's what we got to do that day, that week, uh, that month, that season, and we that's don't right. really look and think out. You know, 10, 20, yeah. you know, fifty years from now. And then when I'm gone, then who am I leaving? What am I leaving my kids? So it's yeah. hard, for, especially young, especially for us. So. Um, you know, we're making a bunch of money, but at the same time, our average career is, you know, three years. Yeah. So yeah. you out you, you retired from your first career, you're probably 28, 29 years old, um, if you're lucky. And now you have this whole life to uh, manage and a lot of, and for the situation for a lot of us, we aren't coming from uh, great financial literacy. And the people that are working for us aren't really there to truly like help and guide and mentor and, and show you, I'm sure, yeah. a lot of the things that Randy showed, they just kind of there to get their managing fee and move on. And hopefully you bring two or three more clients with them. So it's so, it's so important that, um, you know, that we find those people and put those right people around us and learn like you did, get somebody that you can really take, get them to take you on their wing and learn from them. Man. That's, that's, that's some real game right there. Not real one, game. 1000 got So many weapons on offense, but like y'all have played in a lot of secondaries. If, if it don't matter how good your front seven is, yo, if your back end is not complete, I mean, like, if y'all ain't on the same page, same page or, at you know, all times, you know at all times, mm-hmm. it can be a long year. I don't care how talented. I mean, like I said, we had the white Freeney, Robert Mathis rushing on the edge and went <laughs> two and 14 one year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so it can just be tough. a quarterback, bro. Come on. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another story. <laughs> that's yeah, a whole yeah, other yeah. story. We, we was out there. I mean, Yo, we was actually out there balling, bro. On deep, yeah, like we, was, on deep, we, was fighting. we was fighting, bro. We, we was fighting every week, bro. It was like seven games we lost by less than six points. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we was out there, bro. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a. That's whole. the thing, though. I hate. That's the thing about playing DB because you hey. the box score. Like, oh, they gave up. Hey, respect to Curtis Panda, man. We gonna get, we gonna get paint on the show, man. Not we gonna too. talk about that. Yeah, because my man Perry won't be mad for that, yo. Was to be to that was a bad situation. Um, Peyton, Peyton was supposed to be the starter. Then Kerry Collins came in and robbed us for uh, <laughs> five, three mil. <laughs> three mil real quick. Yo, hey, Kerry Collins Kerry came Collins. to the locker room when we played Tennessee. Tennessee. Like, what's up, guys? Like, oh, he, the he in the recording studio. He in the recording studio every, every week, every Kerry day, recording music. That boy Troy Palomalu bumped him, and he had a concussion and shut it down. When shut I say it he down. Him, he bumped him. Hey, I respect it, Kay Kyle. Hey. Was he already retired, though? And they just kind of called yeah, him? We yeah, we got him. Came yeah. and got him. Like, yo, we, we need <laughs> you. We need little you runner for our guy save. Says, uh, 
Eric, Tom wants to see you. And I'm like, yes, he's going to cut me. <laughs> I could go somewhere, you know, someone who yeah, wants right. me, pay right. me. So I get up there in this in this room, and I kid you not, I, I don't know how I didn't jump across the table and kill this guy. <laughs> so he, so we're just, we're just kind of, he's like, you want to sit down? I'm like, no, I don't want to sit down. What do you want? Like, what? What's up? He's like, we got to stop doing this. Like, we can't keep going back and forth. I'm like, you're the one that started this and lied and put out on the in the radio that that I want all this demands. Like, mm-hmm. wh- who are you kidding? Did you not think I was going to stand up for myself? Yeah. And he's like, Eric. But he's like, Eric, I can remember like it was yesterday. And you know me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I tell how it is. If right. you're a bum, you're a bum. If you're good, <laughs> you're good. Like, it's just, it's just me. If you don't like it, I don't really care. Yeah. So – so I, he's like, Eric, he's like, you got to listen. He's like, he's like, where, you know, it, it is, it is hard for a guy to get a third contract with the same team. And I, and I, and as he said this, I said, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, it happens all the time. Like, yeah. What are you, what are you talking about? Especially when they're first special. team all pro. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, man, those guys are special. Like they got to do, you know, there are unique guys in this league. And, and he's like, Eric, and he looks me in my eyes. He's like, Eric, he's like, those guys that get a third contract, those guys are like Hall of Fame type guys, and we just don't think that about you. And mm-hmm. I said, I looked at him and said, this will be the last time we ever speak. I walked out, and those are the last words I've ever spoken to that man. Man. That's crazy, man. So you- I went, so, so I'll, I'll give you the fast forward note. So the six weeks before camp, I come back to camp, and mind you, A.B., you guys have been in a, in a spot for a number of years. Imagine that whole building, people you've met and they, became they, close with. They love you. They blackballed me, bro. I walked, <laughs> I'd walked down the hallway to say hi to someone, and they would completely ignore me. Like, wow. As if I was invisible. And it's after not, eight years. I am not kidding. It, it was like – it was the worst year I have ever had to go through business, in my life. Man, let's talk about business. So – we mentioned uh, Iggy earlier, and I know I follow um, I follow a lot of athletes and what they're doing off the court, off the field. You yeah. know, he's big, kind of like that VC space. VC he was one of the first athletes yeah. that I actually see talking about stuff like that. And um, that's kind of why we started this podcast, honestly, to open up that dialogue, not only on the court, on the field, but off, you know what I mean? Because we humans at the end of the day. It's going to be a lot longer, a lot more important moments that happen off the field, off the court. So um, business-wise, was it anybody or anything – that helped you whether in a locker room or on your personal team that you hired that just helped you kind of become more business savvy and be like, all right, let me align with these things, whether it's investments, what's to do with your money, things like that. I think it's just competitiveness, man. I, I think that's that's what hurts us as, as, as you know, athletes, you know, and, and black men, you know, yeah. competitiveness, like, yo, my investment is better than yours. I'm going to go get this. I'm going to put this money. And it hurts because we don't share knowledge. Right. Fact. Right. Um, but, you know, like, a lot of a lot of times, it's just it's based off of my gut feeling. Like I I, I invested in uh, Hyperice ten uh, like twelve years ago. Ooh, mm. early, early ago. Yeah, I was an angel investor, and you know that paid off, and it's paid for some of the some of the fuck ups I made, you know, investment wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know that's what that's what it's about, though. You, you know, you just gotta have more wins. You have losses, it's, you know. Yeah, that's it. And like you said, sh- sharing that knowledge, man. Sharing Shame. that game because yep. painful. Yep, facts. When you come around, when you around other other business people, and like you said, with black men, for some reason, that's just 
how it's been, but we got to change. We got to be a part of that change because so I know competitive, so competitive. Yeah, yeah, facts, man. I know some of my like wealthy or rich white friends, and like it's really about deal flow. Obviously, being who you are, being in the rooms and the dinners or whatever that you at, you are gonna be, you are gonna have opportunities like that high price opportunity. Like you are gonna have opportunities, right? And for us, it's like shit. If I ain't gonna invest and I ain't gonna do a shit, I ain't gonna tell nobody. I ain't gonna tell nobody. It's like nah, this may not be the right thing for me. I, maybe I don't believe in it that much. But, but I can look, put my man know, on. Sure, I put you. I know he into that. Let me yeah, holler right. at him. About that's what it's about. And that's, and that's what we do. Back and forth. Back and forth. And it's so enough out there for everybody, man. Right? It's enough out there nah. for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he won oh, Emmy. That's yeah. big right there. Yeah. Tell me Emmy. about that Emmy. That nah, boy won an Emmy right, while he's still playing, man. Talk to us about that. Uh, I just came. I forgot about that. We we did a we did a coach production called Coach Life. Mm-hmm. And uh, they basically cover like a 10 minute uh, short film on just who you are as a person. But like, we've done what Bobby, Darius, A Walk, um, myself, uh, Naheem Hines. And uh, it was just cool that uh, that one was nominated for the short film or whatever. But mm-hmm. I had. I had like three of them that was nominated for for different things, but luckily like that one uh, was was chosen or whatever. But it was about you know coming to my hometown. Uh, I, I hold a community festival and a football camp each year uh, on the same weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the day before we do like a bat a backpack blitz um, at the Boys and Girls Club to get the kids ready for school and everything. Um, and then, you know, just going around town and just, I, w- I was just giving out jerseys to, to people that I appreciated, um, that helped shape me be Kenny Moore the second. So, um, you know, I just, they felt like it deserved it in me. So, I mean, I'll take it, but like, nah, it, up, it was, huh? it was a true blessing though. It was a true yeah. blessing. That's a, that's a dope. Account. Did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams you'd want an Emmy? Bro, was that, no, was like, that something? <laughs> I think whenever uh, I saw Kobe win a Grammy, I was like, "Dang! Like athletes can really like, yeah, go into a whole different like field." You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just about your work of art as far as like your job that you take on each day is more so like using your job to maneuver through different things and accomplishing literally whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? So, right. uh, yeah, the Emmy is back there, and. Uh, I see it every day whenever I walk out, and I'm just like, dang, like that's crazy. It's a reminder, that's man. That's crazy, yeah. That's love. That's but love. It's more so that I want to do. Um, like that gave me like uh what I want to say. That like encouraged me to like do more than mm-hmm. just football. What about that culture, man, in, in in Chicago, man? I know um like early in my um when I first came to lead, that culture was strong. And then just speak about just as far as like being a running back going to Chicago and just like the the history of of, mm-hmm. of great running backs that's been there. And I'm pretty sure they probably up in the building as a young running back. Like how did that make you feel when you came in that building, like seeing those um seeing those guys and having to come come behind them? Yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as I got drafted, like I, uh, one of my buddies brought me the, a book about uh, Gail Sayers and, and Brian Piccolo. So, uh, you know, got to learn the history of um, the Bears a little bit and how it started with George Hallis and all that. And so that culture is in the legend of, of the Bears 
it, it runs deep. And so to learn, understand that, it, and, and you're a rookie coming in, it puts a little weight on your, on your shoulder. You know, some people may be a little anxious about it, but it gave me like motivation to be like the legends that they, that everybody talk about. Dick Buckets, Walter Payton, Gail Sayers, those, you know, names like that to want to be like those guys when I'm finished playing. So, um, the culture, that part is, is great. You know, rest in peace. Gil says he just actually passed away. Mm-hmm. But to to follow in footsteps like guys like those running backs, Thomas Jones um, was, was great for him as well. And, uh, you know, got Neil Anderson. Like, they just had a lot of good running backs, you know, before I got there. So uh, that motivated me to want to wanna be one of the best. But then also, uh, player-wise, I think the legend, the legendariness of, like, the, the guys that played before in the Hall of Famers and stuff, it they need to get back to that because, like, when I was playing, like, we didn't have a good culture because we had too much turnover. We had uh, – when I was there, we had three different GMs and I think four different head co- – no, three different head coaches and five different um, offensive coordinators. Hey, how long so you was out there? Eight years. In eight, eight years. So, like – That's a long that's time. A of, that's a lot of turnover in uh, – in yeah, three yeah, eight yeah. years, so like you never get any continuity because every GM wants to and coach wants to get his own players in or his own philosophy. You know, you get drafted to Detroit, and it's tough, man. It's tough, especially when you're young and a little immature, like yeah, like I was. Yeah. Like I only played two years really of high school football, three years of college football. Here I am as a professional, you know, athlete. I'm still kind of young in the game. Yeah, yeah. I was I wasn't ready for Detroit. Detroit wasn't ready for, <laughs> ready for and you, right, now, right. now you you were first round pick. Yeah. Top ten pick at that. So it's yep. expectation, high expectations, yeah, high. you know, from everybody in the building, from obviously the front office to the, yep. the locker room. You walk and in, you take somebody. Yeah. You know, so you, you, you don't understand that as a 20-year-old getting drafted. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm Damn, saying? You're not even you're not even 21 yet. Yeah, I'm not even 21. I think I just turned 21. Our year was the year they pushed the draft back to May. Okay. Y'all remember that? Okay. It was mad weird. We had like mm-hmm. competed with like the Oscars had moved up or something. Yeah, so okay, I do remember that. Yeah, like May that year. So I had just turned twenty one, but I was supposed to be before. Man, if you if I like I say like I said my wife sometimes be like, man, if I could do if I could do Detroit all over again with the shit that I knew now. Sorry. <laughs> Now nah, you good. Now nah, you you in the good. locker room. Yeah. For the, for the shit that I knew now, if I could do Detroit all over again, I would. But I was mm-hmm. not mentally ready for the what, overall the, going into. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the what's the biggest thing you would do over though? Like, what's the like the number one or top two oh, things yeah. you would do over? I just be I just be more mature about my business. I would study the game a little bit more. I would do all of that. I really didn't understand that until like my third, fourth year in the league. You know what I'm saying? So. I would give, I would, I would give it, I would give it more. I would give it more at the beginning. I feel like I, you know, you get it now, you grow, you understand, you know, your routine, your process, the things that make you work now going into mm-hmm. eight years. But if I could do it all over again, I'd probably. Hey, what's that story about what what um old lineman you scooped and slammed when y'all was um <laughs> y'all probably who, who you ain't gotta say no name, but what what I, I, I ain't never seen an old lineman in the tight end getting the scuff. Was it an old lineman or was it D lineman? No, you talking about Larry Allen. Larry Allen? Yeah, yeah me and Larry Allen got into it, man. I, uh, <laughs> we talking yeah. about the world's strongest man. Oh, man, yeah. let me tell you, man. Dang, I thought that day my life was over. <laughs> what, wait, what happened? 
man, he kept, you know, you know how it is when you're a rookie and then you get into your second year and then someone, somebody still, you got one <laughs> still bother you, still make you do this and do that. Yeah, you, you still got three, you still got you three, three got games. Four games. Yeah, three, four, four games. games. Yeah. Man, I got tired of it, man. I said, look, man, I said, I said, no, you, you, you chill. You chill. I, you know, I told him off. So he came over to the sideline walking to me like this, you know, like Debo. So then, you know, I saw him approaching. I swallow, I'm gonna swallow my tongue. I'm like, all right. I'm like, what you say, young bro? What you say, young punk? I was like, <laughs> I was like, you heard what I said. He grabbed my hair, right? And then he then he let it go, then he swung at me and I dodged it. And I came back and I hit him. And then we start, you know, start scuffling. Everybody ran over there, man. I man, I was so thankful they ran over there because he's about he's about to kill me, man. man what was Larry at about 350 at that time? Yeah, he's about 350. He probably left the house. I mean, I, I, I don't know how I don't I don't know how I, I got grown man strength. Yeah, he was he was gonna he was gonna let me have it. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. I know y'all rookie, y'all rookie. Them them days. Like, what about your like uh, rookie show? They ain't put you on on the spot and do your rookie show. You ain't have a company show for your, your rookie joint. I have four rookie shows. <laughs> <laughs> I have four. Oh I have four man, I was on four teams my rookie year. That was a busy oh, year. Yeah. Right Hell yeah. That boy was on tour then. Shit. Man, look. Then, so, uh, so they I, I, I impersonated to lead. <laughs> what you do with what you do with that? <laughs> I gotta see that to lead. Yeah. I, I impersonated to lead because cause he was cause he catch cause I he had the ball. He you know what I'm saying? He catch, and like like Lee was just like <laughs> Like he's like, nah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice and neat. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a press and I'm a, I'm gonna get up. I'm on my sherm shit. Then then I'm coming back. Like coach, that that right there, that shit right there, that shit ain't gonna work. I'm telling, I'm telling. Like let me let me get him. Let me yoke his ass up real quick. <laughs> like 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 he was a bully. Yeah. So I um I did I had to, I impersonated to leave and then. And then I left there. And then I went to uh, Baltimore. And then I was I, I had to do I I impersonated Steve Smith. Oh like, shit! I had like they yo Steve. I, I was <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a real I'm a real. You know what I'm saying? Like I hold my own. But when I like I see Steve Smith, like I grew up. Like I I was I, I really like watched Steve Smith and Colton Finnegan like growing up because. I just feel like that, you know what I'm saying? They kind of, I just like their game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve Smith, I seen them. And then, you know, Baltimore was like, I I had like, it was like, it was, like practices would be like, no warm up. You just come out there, like, and you go sprinting. Like, it's like get you, you better get your own warm-up. dynamic in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, we come out sprinting and then one on I mean everything was like a game. And and like nobody really wanted to go one on one with him. You know what I mean? Because he's uh he's a little hot. So Smitty was a hot hit. Like, man, let me get that work. Like everything he do in the game, like that spin, that like all that, he was doing that in practice. One on ones, he catch a mm-hmm. slant and all that. I was like <laughs> slant. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, but nobody really, really wanted to get that work. So I was like, man, I'm gonna get it. And then mm-hmm. the first day, he, like, he, he, he was, I was getting work. I mean, work. Like he was just texting shit, laughing. Like, 
mm-hmm. like just telling me what he was gonna do. And that whole week, so I said, you know what, next week, I was like, fuck, I was like, ain't no homeboy, like I'm, I'm gonna go at him. Mm-hmm. And every day I just made plays against him. And I remember he like, uh, one day I was feeling my, sh- I was feeling myself, like I made like two, three, two, three PBUs, and I left my arm in. I left my arm in, like, you know, letting him know, like I just, I just did that. Mm-hmm. Then he looked at me, he said, hey, young. he like he didn't call me Lou. He said he called me my last. He said, young. he said, hey, young. He said, you keep, hey, put your head in there. I'm gonna break that shit just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, and then like, in the heat of the moment, I forgot it was Steve Smith. So I was just mm-hmm. like, man, about shit, like, like play ball. <laughs> so then, but then like he kept looking at me and shit the whole practice. I was like. <laughs> So like, but <laughs> so then like after after uh, after meetings and shit like you know, you know in the locker room about to, about to, you know I'm about to shower and shit, and he came and and he came in there. It was just me, and then he walked in and I grabbed the helmet. I was like, I seen him. I, I was like, if this motherfucker tried me, I'm gonna swing on this helmet. So I held the helmet like this, holding it. He walked up to me. He's like, hey, young buck. Like, I, you know, what I mean, I like that. Said, These other guys, they ain't gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? I love heart. Like, I was like, all right, I, I, but I was like trying to be like, I was, I was like, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just out here, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But right. head, I was like, I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a good experience. So, but man. um, appreciate y'all, man, for rocking as usual. As usual, See y'all Thursday. Right. Y'all go tap in the past show. You already know. You out of here. Peace.